As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, I'm Ryan Reynolds, owner of Mint Mobile. And I know it's hard to believe Mint can be any good for just $15 a month. So let's ask Wasim Iknabi, one of Mint's first customers, if he has any issues with Mint. No, the service has been great. And under my ownership, it's going to get even better. How? No clue. Still $15 a month though, right? Yep. To learn more and see our logo, go to mintmobile.com slash Spotify. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. We ready to drop this thing? Uh, Houston, uh, we are uh, ready. Okay, everybody. Let's take it from the top. Atomic batteries to power. Four. Prepare for warp speed. Turbines to speed. Three. Stand by transwarp drive. Two. Roger. Ready to move out. On my mark. One. Let's go. This is the Low Down Sports Show. With Drew. Yes, sir. And BJ. Let's get at it. And it starts now. All right. Welcome into the Low Down Sports Show. This show is brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Drew. And I'm Mark Schindler. And we're here to get the lowdown on all things basketball. No BJ today. My man BJ is out on vacation, enjoying himself, as he should. Uh, but Mark is in here filling in. Going to do a very... Very respectable job today, of course. Mark is all things basketball all the time, and he knows what he is talking about, so he's going to be a wealth of knowledge in here today. Uh, glad to have you in here. And uh, man, feel free to go ahead and just plug your stuff. You do a lot of work on both sides, and, you know, I mean, you're just a man, dude. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that, Drew. I'm psyched to be on. Um, you can find me on Twitter at, at uh, MG underscore Schindler. Uh, I have a Patreon right now. I'm, I mean, I do full-time work, but it's not full-time. I work at like five or six different outlets as drew mentioned so find me at dime up rocks uh, basketballnews.com i work for the wnba technically over at their main website have some fun stuff coming up the next couple days and 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 weeks as the season somehow wraps up it's like dude we have less than a month before playoffs it's wild right bro yeah twitter is definitely the best place to find me yeah, I was looking at uh, the last home game for the Wings, like in the middle of the week on a Wednesday. It was like the 13th of August, I think. And I was like, that's that's weird. Just yeah. a weird Wednesday to end on. But yeah, it's it's coming up fast. In less than a month, you know, playoffs will be upon us. Uh, but yeah, we got, a, we got a chock full show for you guys today. We're talking NBA, of course. Uh, a move that just happened, James Harden just signed, so we might as well toss that into today's agenda. And uh, talking a little bit of other stuff, a little bit about Lakers, Donovan Mitchell. And on the WNBA side, the playoff race from top to bottom, you know, top tier, bottom tier, all those teams fighting from like, you know, five or six to 11 in the league there. Talking about those and who's likely to make those last spots. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, some with it or quit it. Mark, are you ready to go, man? Yeah, I'm ready to go. All right, let's rock and roll, dude. So first thing I want to know, and and man, uh, you started in the NBA side, I believe, and then you came mm-hmm. W. So, you know, you know a lot of basketball. And NBA has been around for a long time. And this Lakers team, man, this is this is a weird crop of stars uh, up at the top, you know, uh, 
you know, it did not work this last year. And, you know, they've been trying to dump off Russell Westbrook since it's, it's a weird, ugly, I mean, you might call it a toxic relationship at this point between the Lakers and Russell Westbrook and what they want to do. But, you know, as trade talks, you know, ramp up again, as we saw recently, uh, you know, LeBron James, Anthony Davis come to collect with Russell Westbrook and they're like, they want to make it work. And my question, Mark, is can it even work? Man, I don't know. Uh, I'm just kind of at the point where, like you mentioned, I mean, the way that everything got publicized with him and his agent splitting, like I've never seen a news cycle pop up out of somebody splitting with their agent like that before. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's weird. Yeah. Um, I'm sure a lot of that was agency driven, but um, I, I'm just kind of out on it working. Like, I, I hope it does for Russ's sake, honestly. Like, my biggest thing, like, I, I've just hated the cycle with it. Like, Right. I just maybe I'm partially biased because growing up like, you know, Russ at his peak was me in high school. So like watching him and those OKC teams play when it was him and Durant and, and Ibaka all in their primes was just a blast. Yeah. Um, and he hasn't been that player. Like I, I think he like he had that really nice stretch with the Wizards um, after a really rough beginning. But um, I just don't think it's going to happen in L.A. And clearly they don't think so either. We keep hearing his name getting thrown around in trade talks like this is very clearly they, they don't really want this to happen. Um, but it feels like it's trending towards them running it back again. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's the same stuff as always. Like, okay, can he can he do more stuff being active as a defender, you know, being used more as a screener and roller instead of having the ball in his hands all the time? Like, mm-hmm. okay, if it was going to happen, it would have happened last year. I, I don't necessarily right. think that a first-year head coach is going to come in and change everything up unless something pretty drastic happens. Um, so not to be – you know me. I'm, I'm a major optimist. I'm not optimistic yeah. about this situation. So. <laughs> We'll see how it plays out. Yeah, you know, Russell Westbrook, you know, chaos in himself, and then the Lakers just not being able to figure out, you know, things for a long time, you know, besides the one bubble championship that happened to happen. But, you know, otherwise it's been chaos all around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Russ, you know, amazingly enough, I was looking at Russ, Russ's, uh, you know, his, you know, his stats and his shooting percentages over the years, you know, he's really kind of, he just stayed on par, you know, this year with how he shot from the field, you know, obviously we know he has terrible shot selection, you know, but, you know, percentage wise, he's doing about the same, but that three pointer, you know, it's, it's never been good, but it's just not getting any better. Um, the free throw percentage is kind of the stark thing there for Russ. He used to be like a mid eighties guy and now he's shooting worse than LeBron from the free throw line. It's like 65%. And, you know, shooting really 66 actually this season. And it's it's really ugly. And, you know, Russ's level of play has just been it's been a teetering thing ever since he left Oklahoma City. And he's just been bouncing and been a really a journeyman. Has there ever been like a journeyman star that has bounced around so quickly as Russell Westbrook has? Maybe, maybe Vince Carter. But again, like part of Man, it, part of that's why like a whole career he a role player. Like, exactly. yeah, like he was able yeah. to change his game up like this is. This is different. So I, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's four teams in four seasons. I mean, I'm going on five now. This is the first team he'd be on, you know, multiple seasons with since OKC. And, uh, you know, it's just it's it's really chaos out there. And, you know, since they're trying to run it back and it looks, you know, looks like it's going to be what's going to happen. You know, how do you build around this team? Like, you know, look at a couple of people that they brought in. Uh, you know, they lost, um, you know, what's his name? Um, to, Malik Monk. Monk. Yeah. And they brought in Lonnie Walker. But what else do you put around this team? Do they need more Austin Reeves? You know, how LeBron used to do it? Or, you know, uh, do you need to mix a style of like LeBron and Westbrook to kind of get a team that would work? Just pretty much just shooters on the outside and then the three stars having to, you know, do everything else. 
Well, I think what's tough is last year, so much of what the problem was, was it was a lot of one-way players. Like, honestly, Melo was one of their five best players for for large stretches of last year. I thought his defense in the front court was, like, passable at times. But the the issue was it looked a lot worse because of who else was out there. Like, I think so often, like, uh, Malik Monk has moments defensively. I think he's at times better than his credit for, but there were also a lot of times it was pretty rough. Like yeah. without having LeBron and AD as much as they were injured, like, I mean, it was just kind of toast for them. They didn't have guys who could carry it outside them. Um, and it was just hard to actually string together lineups that made sense just because, okay, well, we, it felt like we can, yeah, we can put out offensive lineups and we'll find our way, but we were a defense first team. Frank Vogel's a really good defensive coach. That's how they established themselves as, as a, as a title contender, an actual title winner, was by being a great defensive team. And they didn't have the personnel to um, to be very good defensively, but or, or, or less less that. Like, okay, if they have a good defense running, well, we have like a 95 offensive rating with this lineup. Like, yeah. it, was, it was gross. Yeah. I think this year I, I still have questions about the limitations. Like, okay, you're asking a lot out of a Taylor Horton Tucker jump, and I feel like we've been doing that for two years now. Um, not to be unfair to him, like those are crazy expectations to have for somebody who was the youngest player in his draft. Um, yeah. But they also just frankly need more. Um, like Stanley Johnson did some nice things, but again, like ideally your eighth or ninth man. Um, I feel like my biggest issue is that that's just what the team is right now. There's a lot of like guys who are I'm pretty cool coming off the bench, but as starters, I don't know, like – Lonnie Walker does nice things, but in terms of like he's he's a he's a much more capable and solid defender than Malik Monk. But in terms of offensive consistency, like he is so up and down, like right. he might be the most inconsistent player in the NBA as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, so it's just like once again, once Scott Anderson, nice player, did, did some positive things for the Warriors. I didn't love how his role was de-emphasized last year, even on a title winning team. But like, yeah. It, it's again, it just feels like you're asking for too much. Like Thomas Bryant coming back from injury last year was pretty rough. Like he's never been a very good defender. Um, he, he made some strides, but again, like, I don't know. I actually think like Damian Jones was probably my favorite pickup from them. Like he was, he balled out yeah. things last year. It was really good. And mm-hmm. I think he'll do nice things as like a 20, 25 minute per game guy. But again, like I just, Unless Russ is just drastically different this year, I don't know what the upside or, or intrigue is here. I know there were some reports today from ESPN about them trying to re-engage Indiana and, and acquiring Buddy Heald, which I think would be really good for them. But again, I just I don't think that there's much incentive for Indiana to actually do that. So, what's one tweak, just one, if you could pick one, that one tweak that Russ could make that would fix it enough to make it work? Uh, I think the biggest thing for me would just be selling out to be more of an off-ball player um, would be the biggest thing. Just work. Okay. Instead of having the ball in my hands all the time, I'm going to be, I'm going to do a ton of stuff as a screener. I'm going to do, I'm going to be as active as possible as a cutter. Cause so often when he doesn't have the ball in his hands, he's not, he's not active as a, as a cutter at all. Um, and I think to me, like I get some of the frustrations with that and, and him not doing it, but also just speaking from like, a human standpoint, I can't imagine being Russell Westbrook, being somebody who wins MVP, is in the MVP conversation multiple times, uh, doing everything he did in OKC, um, and then you know being told like, oh well, you're a role player now. Like that's a hard right. thing for guys to accept. We've seen He'd that probably do some mellow stuff. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Like we've seen yeah. that be an issue for guys throughout their career. Like as good as and important as it is to have like those tier A stars when they're there, 
Mm-hmm. Most guys who are that level really struggle to to become a lower level. Well, it's a lower level is the wrong way to put it, but like a a lower rung on the totem pole player. Like I think Paul Pierce is one of the few guys I can think of that's really done that. Like even Michael yeah. Jordan. Michael Jordan struggled with that. Like he came yeah. back, he was bad for the Wizards. If we're being yeah. frank, like as far as star players go, like mm-hmm. part of that's age and everything, but also like it's just hard to do that. So yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. We'll 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 see, but. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's definitely going to be interesting to watch, as it always sure. is. And the West is, you know, going to be a little bit stronger, you know, and as teams are trying to reload and be healthy now. And you know, Kawhi will be back, Zion will be back. You Man, know, just speaking like that. on that, let's 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 rattle it off right now. How okay. many teams are not actively trying to make the playoffs next year? Uh, San Antonio, San Antonio, Houston, for sure. OKC, Houston, and OKC. maybe Utah, and that's it. So you have eleven teams that are gunning. To make the playoffs and Man. honestly like even even san antonio i don't think that they're trying to lose necessarily they're just younger oh no they never really are yeah exactly so I it's mean. like I, i'm always going to take the over on san antonio wins losses yeah. because i'm sure that they'll win like 35 games still and be competent um like it's gonna be like, like you mentioned this is going to be a tough year especially with the clippers back in full force yeah oh yeah for sure a loaded west and even a loaded east it's going to be pretty competitive it's a lot of fun basketball um some news just happened just before we started our podcast today. Some something that some people have been waiting on. I mean, I kind of mm-hmm. knew it was going to happen when PJ Tucker landed. James wasn't going anywhere, but James Harden agreed on a two-year, sixty-eight point six million dollar deal, including a player option to return to the Sixers. What are your thoughts on that, Mister Mark? Uh, yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, you know, I was expecting this to happen. Um, it was on the way for a while, I think. Um, yeah. Like, you know, we were just kind of in a in a state of waiting for it to happen. I know it had been I think it was reported last week or the week before. Um I I what's interesting to me is trying to parse through who James Harden is now. I think a lot That's of people what have I was been gonna ask you next, but go ahead. I think he's still a very good player. Like he yeah. is not going to be who he was in Houston, you know, two or three years ago. Um, but I do think who we saw in the playoffs, A, like even just in the playoffs and in general, like Yes, he struggled, but also we're talking struggled by James Harden standards, not like mm-hmm. was a bad player. Um, I think you can still be an all-star late all NBA level guy. Like I don't obviously really? like, I don't think I think we're kind of past Harden being a top five guy in the league, but mm-hmm. it's for the best, honestly. And it's a lot of the same stuff too. Like, can he improve in being more of an off-ball player and threat and doing some of those things? But um not to get too excited, but like there was an article that came out this last week, I think. It's less about the him taking his diet and shit more seriously, but it was <laughs> yeah. uh, one about um, I think I'm trying to remember where I read it from. It was a really good article. It's from a place that's like not typically basketball, if I remember correctly. I think it was like something talking about him like getting into wine. Um, and he just oh, about, like, yeah, that article was really that, good. Yeah. And he just talked about like being uh, you know, like he About openly wine. talked about like going to take a, he's going to take a pay cut in that article because he wants to win and he's you know, rededicate himself to it. And I think the biggest thing too, like last year, um, I want to say he wasn't like he, so he had the hamstring injury late in, uh, in the playoffs, obviously against broken, uh, I mean, with Brooklyn against the bucks um, when he got injured. And so for Harden, like, it's obviously like, yeah, there's stuff with the work ethic and whatnot that I do think is fair to nitpick, especially, you know, going out to clubs and whatnot, like he does, but in terms of actually putting in the work, like he goes crazy in the off seasons. Like he's normally somebody just from, from Intel and talking to people like he's a 
does like five on five runs like three times a day every day during the summer. Yeah. He didn't get to do that at all last year because he had the hamstring injury and was still rehabbing from yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and that's normally how he gets himself ready for the season. So I think having that back, I, I'd expect a pretty good year for him, uh, or at least like a good start to the year for him. Um, but in, as far as like the actual contract goes, um, I think it's like I, I'm sure somebody's gonna have a think piece about how it's ridiculous that he's taking a pay cut and it's bad for the NBA and this and that. I think it's cool. Like uh-huh. as long as I think to me it's more about like I'm cool with guys who like not getting for like clearly James Harden's not getting forced into taking a pay cut. Like at least right. that's my read on it. When we see players like it's different in the W when people are taking pay cuts because they want to be competitive and right. because there's a hard cap like if there wasn't a hard cap i think it'd be a lot different how we're talking about like i mean john quell is like ridiculously underpaid because she's not on a, she's not on a max right now because she's right. In, in, in connecticut and like so i i have a lot more uh sympathetic feelings for um for this than i think i do for 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 other situations for sure um I'm just excited to see how it plays out. Because I think the, the Sixers team is going to be pretty good next year. I think it's probably the best team that we've seen around Joel Embiid. They getting the number one seed next year? Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about number one <laughs> seed. Uh, but I do think they're going to be pretty good. Um, do you I'm, think I'm, are the, you think they are uh, more encouraged to keep Matisse Thibel now? His his name briefly floated in some in some trade talks I just to keep that, that defensive really presence. <laughs> I think they're no? pretty out on Matisse. Right. So honestly, Isn't he unvaxxed too? Yeah, he's like partially vaxxed. Yeah. It's weird. Like on one hand, like I, I again, I tend not to be super th- sympathetic to that stuff. But he like grew up in like a his mom's like a homeopathic doctor or something like that. Mm. So yeah, it's just it's a weird situation. Again, not to excuse him not getting vaccinated. It's stupid as fuck. Like we had right. the Andrew Wiggins thing come out yesterday. Like oh I, oh, you know I won a title as an All Star, but I still wish I hadn't gotten vaccinated. Like man, shut the fuck <laughs> up. Like I. <laughs> I don't care. Like, why do we have to amplify that crap? Like, yeah. What, what is the point of that? Um, but yeah, it's um, it's 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 an interesting situation. I imagine they're still going to try and trade him just because they need another rotation player, and I don't think they view him as being part of that because of what his struggles have been. What kind of uh, what what kind of player do you think they're looking for if they ship out Stiebel same position, or do you think they, you know, go for a different piece of depth somewhere else? Definitely another wing. Um, because I think that's – I don't want to say it's a weakness for them. Like adding Dan, – Dan Wilhouse was a, a fine signing, especially looking more at depth. Um, but I think it's kind of the same thing as looking at, like, having Georges and Yang on roster. Like, I think they can do positive things during the regular season, be a good eighth or ninth man. But once it hits the playoffs, we're going to have more questions about it. Um, so I think that's kind of what they're looking for. Like, honestly, like they, they talked about um, making a trade for Eric Gordon. And honestly, like – People can say what they want about Eric Gordon. Like, he would be a very darn good sixth man on this team. Um, I know that the uh, the money is a lot and has been a lot for him. But if he's healthy, like, that's a good player to add to your, to add to your team when you need depth who's played in the playoffs and is a proven player. So, right. um, I don't think that they necessarily have the salary to make that happen. But somebody like that, you know, somebody who can handle, who can, who can pass, keep the ball moving, um, and be a capable shooter because, again, that's Matisse's biggest problem right now. Do you think they would? Do you think they would shrink it down a little bit and try and uh, bring in a Patrick Beverly? Uh, I don't know. That's interesting, especially because like uh, like I like adding DeAnthony Melton for like especially for what the cost was. I thought was fantastic. Like that's somebody mm-hmm. who I think reasonably might start for this team if things uh, shake out right. Um, I really like him, and I think he's going to add a lot of what Pat kind of would. So I because I I do think it would be a little bit odd 
not necessarily odd playing them together, but I think you're downsized to a pretty substantial point. Like, yeah, both guys have wingspan and can guard up, but um, yeah. it's just harder to play two guys who are 6'2 or shorter at the same time. But again, right. like, if okay, if you can get Pat Bev for kind of on the cheap, like, okay, I'm there for it. Especially, like like you mentioned, like, it's, a, it's a weird thing. Like, I don't think he's long for Utah, and I don't think Utah's long for him. No, no. Yeah. Not at all, yeah. Yeah, he'd he'd be much happier hanging out with Embiid and those boys in Philly. Yeah, getting embraced by Philly fans. Even I'm not a Patrick Beverly fan, but have at it, Philly. Go ahead. Uh, the last person I want to touch on in the NBA name floating around, and you know him moving is essentially inevitable. It's just a matter of where. Donovan Mitchell. Um, most talk has been about the Miami Heat. Like, hmm, Dwayne Wade's evil plan. Yeah. Get some ownership in Utah and then send Donovan Mitchell to Miami. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, that's what it is. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I this is one I've tried to think through, too. Like, I'm uh, – I I don't know you you know me I try and be like pretty fair to every market I think right. I really get the Mitchell trade for mm-hmm. for the Knicks if they try and make it happen um, I think a lot in terms of what the return would be for the Jazz is what has me more confused honestly like um, it's been reported like they really don't want R J Barrett back because they don't want to have to pay him and I just I think that's a that's a pretty stupid thing yes, uh, like I, I get it like ownership is a is a part but also like you have to have somebody who you're there who's getting paid there so it's yeah. just it's a weird thing but um like in terms of actual picks and, and adding young players as well they can definitely do it um and that's interesting as for the uh as for the heat i just like are you really that moved by like tyler hero and and duncan robinson as filler and um and like their minuscule amount of draft picks i can add because i just i think like as in terms of the actual basketball fit like he would be perfect in miami honest to god yeah. Um, or actually, now I think about it, you're probably sending out Kyle Lowry in terms of salary matching. Um, but as for as for the actual viability of it happening, I just don't think that Miami has the means to do it. Yeah, I mean, it would uh, it'd be Dwayne Wade's dream, but you know, it's only a fantasy for now, I guess. But uh, you know, he's on the move somewhere. Um, it's it's crazy that the Jazz wouldn't want to pay RJ Barrett. You know, that's a good solid young player, mm-hmm. uh, two way. The Knicks the Knicks really like. So I mean, I'm I think they're gonna even struggle with you know parting f- with him uh, even for Donovan. I guess depending on uh, how much they have to send along with RJ. But um, you know, definitely movement gonna be going down. Gonna be going mm-hmm. down for sure. Uh, in NBA is very interesting. Into man. No W moves at the deadline. We'll get to W later, but deadline is always pretty dead on that side of things, it seems like, for the most part. But uh, a lot of basketball action talking about it today. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Buying insurance can be complicated, and you might have a lot of questions, like, what if my policy doesn't cover that? Or what if I need to make a claim in the middle of the night? Good news. State Farm is there for all your what-ifs. You can reach them 24-7, talk through any questions with your agent, and you can even file a claim on the State Farm mobile app. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com to get a quote today. 
that action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, ladies and gentlemen, especially this summer. And this summer, it's really stinking hot, dude. It was 106 when I got off at 5. 90 in Ohio today, man. Like, what are we doing here? It's it's insane. Uh, with tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, like the NBA and the WNBA, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat. Hopefully not this heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now at DraftKings Sportsbook, they're giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right, Mark. And all you listeners out there, make your first bet up to $1,000. And if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. What I advise, and it's still not a bad pick, you know, if you got a little money, I mean, just toss it on it, because you never know what this team's going to be like in the playoffs. Mark, Washington Mystics plus 900 to win the championship. I mean, why not? Why not? Uh, I recommend it. Well, see, this is tough, man. I uh, Oh, don't do it again. We'll get into it in a little bit. Oh, yeah. Best of all, at DraftKings, it's safe, secure, and it's reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now you can talk about those mystics here in just a second as we get into the WNBA playoff race after what's on Drew's mind. Oh, no. I know the W was just on the tip of your tongue. You wanted to talk about it. I know. We're going to get there, but I got some stuff on my mind, and and we're here today to discuss some of those things. Uh, adding a little bit more to it uh, today to, to replace the time missing from BJ's segment, uh, so we'll, uh, we'll leave BJ's best for BJ. Love you, Mr. Beej, uh, and we'll just hang on to uh, what's on Drew's mind today. I added a couple of things, so first things first. Uh, What's on my mind today uh, as we record on a Wednesday? Uh, Mark, you, you have uh, not only been known for your basketball writing, but your takes on food. And even this morning, you had someone tweet at you about your food takes. And, you know, I just I want to I want to list off some of the things that, you know, you said on Twitter. Oh, no. Uh, some of your food takes uh, just the recent ones that I could catch anyway. Uh, Mark, ladies and gentlemen, hates pickles. That is true. And that this was actually is just, like my first real food take was shitting on pickles. Man, that was just some crazy stuff right there. I love pickles. I put pickles on my burger all the time. You know, it's crazy. Uh, he also is not pleased. I won't say he hates this, but he's not pleased with the waffles at Waffle House. Thinks they're inferior for a place with waffle in the name. And you know, that's that's a relatively understandable take. Yeah. But and uh, I think he was he might have gotten on some people's nerves with this one. <laughs> Just a few. <laughs> <laughs> Cheese shouldn't be on everything. 
you know, there are some there are some people out there that are just cheese fiends. You know, they gotta dip everything in cheese. You know, uh, I used to know some people that a gas station I used to work at. They bought Cheetos and went over to the machine and squeezed some nacho cheese inside. That's just, insane to me. And would <laughs> and would eat the cheese like that. That's cheese, just insane just to me. I can't, I can't, that Cheetos makes too. me cringe just thinking about it. <laughs> if we're being completely honest. <laughs> Dang, man, he's hating on the cheese. And <laughs> he despises the kiss cam. Yes. Kiss cam is bad. True story. That has nothing to do with food, but he just despises the kiss cam. I just thought I'd throw that in there as well. So with with Mark's, some of Mark's takes that we have seen, do you have, before we get into the rest of these, do you have any other food takes that you believe might be controversial to the masses? You know, I don't think I have any off the dome right now, um, but I do think – I mean, I, I will stand by the pickle sweet. I think pickles are horrendous, man. man. Um, man. I think there are pickled things that are good, like pickled <sighs> onions. Fantastic. Ew. Um, but, like, actual, like, pickled cucumbers, hell no. It's gross. Man, man, those are – that's those those things are a gift those are you don't deserve them that's that's crazy song, they're even not they're to me. even good fried that's how versatile they are uh, how versatile. <laughs> all right so we'll just keep an eye on twitter for the rest of mark's potentially horrendous food takes that could be out there i'm sure he's got one in the drafts ready to wake up at 8 a.m and drop on us just to ruin someone's day like what why did you just attack steaks this morning what did you do that for whatever whatever he's got on his mind but i want to get your thoughts on some other foods and some some condiments as well and just see where you are on these and if you like these or not okay perfect so what are your thoughts on ranch dressing it's fine. Um, I think it's overused, a little bit overhyped oh, too. Whoa, oh, whoa, um, overused and overhyped. It can do, do some nice mean? things, but like the the ranch and pizza is just a no go. People do oh, that, drive me up a wall. Um, would you be fine with someone dipping their crust in ranch? Sure, <laughs> I'll let okay. people get away with that one. But like dipping, okay. like no, dipping the whole thing in, in ranch is crazy to me. I don't. It's doing, it's doing too much. Right? It's doing way too much. There are people who put ketchup on pizza. That's offensive That's, to me. Honestly. That is way worse. That is a, a <laughs> abominable. It's disgusting. I'm glad that you do I'm glad that you're okay with ranch. Are you a blue cheese person? Uh I don't mind. It's just heavy. Like it's really heavy. Like I used to be a person who loved blue yeah. cheese with wings, but um oh, I yeah, it's fine. I'm glad, like, you, I'm glad I'm, you're I'm, not that person anymore. I, yeah, I'm not anymore. But uh, <laughs> I used to be. Um, yeah. Like it's, I, I don't know. Like it's again, it's just like it's too heavy for stuff. Like you can be good on some things, but for the most part, yeah, it's like a little too much. It's pretty garbage. Uh, how about guacamole? Oh, I love guacamole. I think disliking guacamole, especially fresh guacamole. Guacamole, not like mm. you can't. I mean, like there are some store bought ones, like. Obviously, it's like okay. homemade store bought. So, like stuff, an HEB, like, like there's like a little container that's like I don't know, like the size of your hand maybe, and another like six bucks. You can get like fresh guac with, with tomato or like with pico or without pico. It's pretty fire. It's pretty yeah, that stuff's guys. good. But if you're getting like straight packaged, like made in a factory guac, don't do yeah. that. Just go buy right. some cheaper guac somewhere else. That's actually good. <laughs> yeah, don't don't getting the bad stuff will ruin your opinion on guac like you need exactly. to get you need to get proper guac uh 
Oh, I'm going to skip this one because I'll come at that's part of the, the next part. How do you feel about In-N-Out Burger? So I've only had In-N-Out once, but Same. I did enjoy it. I thought it was good. Um, I can't I, like I'm, I'm not in a place to say that it's like bad or anything. Like, I think that it's fine. Um, again, like it's, it's fast food. I'll give it like a B minus. Like, I, I don't have anything bad to say Ooh, about it. OK, so what was better your first if you've had this? Have you had Whataburger before? I've not had Whataburger before because I've so I've never mind. I've never been to Texas. I know it's like more oh, of like a Texas wow, like down dude. south thing. I met my sister lives in Alabama. We were going to go to Whataburger one time and we ended up not going. But when I visit her in a month or two, I'm going. So Turn I'll have you I'll have an opinion for you then. I need a comparison and I hope you don't say that it's not better than In-N-Out Burger. Then I'll I'd imagine oh, you're a liar. In-N-Out. Like In-N-Out's fine. Like I, I thought it like again, like it's a good fast food burger i didn't think it held up to some of the lofty expectations that i had to it <laughs> and this is not to over compliment whataburger at all because i think that is overrated but it is better than in and out burger uh what are your thoughts on brownies oh i love brownies that's yeah. like my favorite dessert man like i yeah. i absolutely love brownies i could not imagine disliking brownies that's crazy I, to me. i'm sorry i will I say too i'm much more of a i like like thick brownies, the airy ones, like cakey brownies are bad. I don't like them when, when people do it like that. Like they got to be like fudgy with, um, with like, honestly, so like you need a like perfect a brownie. Yeah, exactly. You can't have like them, like middle school lunchbox brownies. No. Yeah. Cosmic them. brownies are bad. <laughs> they uh, taste like all brownies are bad to be honest. What? Okay. Uh, I don't want that one. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm That's just, crazy. I'm not a, I'm not a too much chocolate guy. So like I wouldn't drink chocolate okay. milk, like no chocolate cake. So like, it's just, it's too much, but okay. like a Snickers, I'm down with that. Key lime pie. Oh, I love key lime pie. Oh, dang it, dude. Absolutely adore key lime this pie. This is a disappointing And thing. I hate most most pies, too. Like, I really dislike pie. You hate apple pie? pie? Oh, I hate apple pie. Dude. I don't like chunky fruit. It just doesn't oh, agree with man. me. Like, I'm a big texture oh, person, man. and that is, like, a very oh, bad dude, texture. same, but I – oh, no. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. Oh, since you're a big texture person, I'm going to add this to the mix. How do you feel about corn? Corn's good. Like I don't. I don't no, know. it's not. <laughs> no, it's, tor- it's terrible texture. What? How is how is it bad? Ew, it's corn? just oh, it just oh, it makes my skin crawl. It's not even. It's not good. It's like I don't know. It's uh, like it's fine. Like it's it, not anything crazy. Uh, um, but it's fine. Like I don't. No, man, I can't with you. No, it's, it's, it's fine. Like it's fine. It doesn't. Can't give me some green beans with some peas. Oh, okay, I'll, that's yeah. that's fair. I'd rather. Yeah, I'd rather have real vegetables than corn. There you like, go. Give me it's some asparagus. Not... Like honestly, right? Like don't get that corn on the cob stuff away from me. Yeah, I okay. So I like corn off the cob. I don't like corn on the cob because it gets stuck in your teeth. Why is that? Oh, and it's messy too. I don't like messy things for the most part. Bruh. So I don't like ribs. Uh, but oh, yo, <laughs> like they taste yo. good, but I, yeah, I don't like I don't like picking them up with my hands just because it's like. Bleh. No, but like you need to get the ones that fall off the bones, so you can just like they're they're off, and you just get your fork and go to town, yo. Yeah, (laughs) too much work. Uh, Mac and cheese, yo. I don't really like mac and cheese, but I'm biased. I uh, knew this was coming. Actually, I don't know why. So that's my that's where my cheese. I used to be a massive cheese person. That's where the cheese on everything things comes from. Comes from too. Okay, got you now. There's reasoning within that one. Okay. Okay, I'll let I'll let both of those slide in. Good. Coleslaw. 
come on. Make the right choice here. So, like, there are some good coleslaws. Like, there are some, like, good ones if oh they're, my God. they're made fresh. But, like, if you eat Kane's coleslaw, you're a bad person. Um, <laughs> straight up. Like, that is insane to me. People, like, actually if, eat the Kane's coleslaw. Even if anybody, like, even somebody that likes the, you know, coleslaw in general, you always trade it for more toast. Exactly. You and not the fries. The fries are terrible. Fries are legitimately <laughs> terrible. <laughs> they say that a lot. I've heard some people say that about the chicken too, and they say it's a, no. It's see, the Kane's chicken is the Kane's chicken is good, but that's what Popeyes is better. That's that's a fair that's a fair thing to say. Yeah, yeah. Most of Kane's is pretty. Good. I think without the Kane's sauce, what is Kane's? You know. Yeah. Is, no, that's a fair point. Just some regular chicken strips. Uh, potato salad. Oh, I love potato salad. Damn it. It's so good. Oh, I got to cut that. Dang it. <laughs> Why do you have to cut uh, that? <laughs> <laughs> this is a clean show. <laughs> oh, market explicit. Uh, man, that's nasty, dude. That's you don't like – I see. I, I like it. I like I the good. parts of potato salad. You know, I'm down with potatoes. Yeah, I think – I can, like, I can eat some mayonnaise on certain things. You know, I'm down with some mustard on certain things. But, like, all together. And, and doesn't it have, like, pickle rice too or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, separately, you know, all those things fine together. Ah, no. See that that I can understand and get with. There are there are some good ones. There's some bad ones. Like it it just depends. Like homemade potato just... salad can be really good. But yeah, if it has like pickles or anything in that, like you mentioned, hell. Yeah, yeah. Just like I don't just mayonnaise, mayonnaise and mustard is just not a thing that be appealing to me as a taste. Yeah, I don't normally just... like mayo, but like I, I tend to like the mustard. See, I like mustard. I like the mustard-based ones, honestly. All right. Then you'll, 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 go, you'll do good in this next part of uh, what's on Drew's mind. All right, last one. Uh, what's your take on pineapple on pizza? No. Thank you. All right. I'm yeah, glad we ended it on good note. The answer is no. <laughs> uh, yes. I'm glad we ended that one on a good note. Okay. So the non-food directed at Mark portion of what's on Drew's mind is that you know it just so happens that you know the past two or three actually uh you know what's on drew's mind have been on a national something day like i've had national camera day and i had national french friday and now i've got national hot dog day today on wednesday so (laughs) he doesn't like hot dogs oh my god mark hates fun at this point (laughs) he doesn't want to go to the cookout because he's not going to eat anything there uh national hot dog day we didn't dig too deeply into this one since it's a since it's a two-parter uh but uh is it would you would you consider it true or false that a hot dog is the number one ballpark food I mean, yeah, but I I don't like them. <laughs> no, I didn't mean like your preference. I mean like in general. Oh yeah, no, like it, that's that's a thing. That's true. Right. They're the number one ballpark food. I I, can, I mean that that would, it would be lying to say otherwise. Right, right. Baseball fans would beat you in the head with a hot dog. Uh, what? Well, since I guess you kind of gotta I gotta skip this question because you don't like hot dogs. Did you at any point in your life like hot dogs? And would you like a hot dog if it had, I don't know if you're a jalapeno person, like a jalapeno hot dog or something like, are you a pig in a bucket guy? No, uh, not really. Um, It's not my thing. Never liked them. Okay. Like I, I used to be okay with them. I think like the ballpark hot dogs kind of suck though. Like they're normally cheaper quality and just not very good. I love brats though. Like brats are amazing. I can can always go with the brat. 
Really? Okay, that's yeah. interesting. So, would you love or hate living in Chicago? Uh, after so All Star Weekend was really fun uh, as a person there. Mm-hmm. but the uber prices are insane so i would not oh, yeah. like living in chicago i Try don't Vegas. like i would literally <laughs> break the bank just trying to do that uh at all like so i'm telling you like i was in vegas like the day day or two after and like a 15 minute uber ride in vegas was like 18 bucks after tip a like shoot like a good like eight minute uber ride in uh in Chicago is like $38. It's insane. Jeez. Like it's oh not it's not affordable whatsoever. And you can't drive there cuz the, I mean it's terrible. So like no. Yeah. That's crazy. Um okay, so I'm going to skip that one. Well, dang, that kind of ruins the rest of the, <laughs> the hot dog questions. <laughs> cuz I was just going to go through some toppings. I guess uh we could just take a look. Well, we here. can do the, we can do the toppings. Present All right, we can roll through the toppings. We can roll through the toppings. I got them right here. Okay, so uh I only like I'll tell you which ones I'm down with as well. Uh, so ketchup on a hot dog, like I'll eat it, but I don't prefer it. Yeah, that's fine. I don't like. I mean, that's just that's basic. I can't. I can't. I can get behind that. Like you like ketchup in general? It. I don't. Not as much as I used to when I was a kid. Like when I was a kid, I loved ketchup on stuff just because I had like no idea how to eat when I was a kid. But now I'm like, eh, it's fine. So since you haven't had Whataburger before, and I want to see if it changes your opinion, your opinion on ketchup, uh, get that spicy ketchup, friend. Okay. Oh, I love spicy ketchup. I will. Spicy ketchup is better than regular ketchup by far. Uh, that's all I get now is the Whataburger spicy ketchup. It's, yeah. it's in my fridge. Yeah. Uh, onions on a hot dog. Mm, probably not. That's. I'm what... not. I'm not an onion guy at all. So I like onions, but I don't know. A hot dog is just kind of weird. I don't. Yeah, that's like that's that's full out Chicago stuff up there. They yeah. throw the onions on it. I love it. Onions, tomato slices, whatever. That's weird. Uh, that's very weird. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Yeah. See, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't mess with that. <laughs> yeah, the Chicago dogs will scare you away. Yeah. Uh, chili. No. You down with some chili? No. Not no, a chili guy. Growing up in Ohio, we had this thing called a uh, skyline. It's terrible. Uh-huh. It's the worst place of all time. A lot of people like it. I think it's abysmal and disgusting. Um, but yeah, um, so that really soured me to chili. Um, like there is good chili for sure, but for the most part, like chili that like, gets put on hot dogs is nasty, and I can't Dang. do it. Okay. Well, here comes the. I don't think you you said you didn't like this one, but mayo, right? Didn't like yeah, mayo. No. Not on. Not <laughs> somebody on I saw somebody had mentioned it. I don't I don't remember where I saw it, but talking about mayonnaise on a hot dog, and I was like, people really do that? So I just had to ask. But that's disgusting. Whoever does do that, shame on you if you're a person that does that. I agree in full. Mustard. We we agree that we like mustard. Uh mustard is my go-to on a hot dog. And uh, you know, I don't even get regular hot dogs anymore. I get jalapeno and cheese, but you know, you wouldn't be down with the cheese, but it's it's pretty gas. Yeah, jalapenos would be good, but yeah, no, the uh, everything else not so much. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna skip this next one. It's got cheese in it. Uh, ranch on a hot dog? No, hell no. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if anybody does that. I just had to throw in a weird one to see if you know. Ranch is pretty versatile in my opinion, but on a hot dog, I don't think so. Yeah, no, I can't get with that. And this next one kind of gets, you know, kind of lines up with the Chicago theme with all the things they throw on a hot dog. And it, I might try it if it was handed to me, but maybe only with some mustard on it. Bacon. 
that just feels like too much. I'm. It so does kind of feel like too much, but I'm kind of interested. Bacon is like fine as a taste and whatnot, but in terms of like putting on top stuff, America overdoes it with bacon. Yeah, yeah. I'm not down with the not as down with the bacon wraps and stuff that everybody else is. You know, the wrapped yeah. pepper with the stuff. I I don't know what else is in it, but yeah, it's a little too much. Um, sauerkraut. I'm not I'm not a sauerkraut guy. No, not really. That's that's them Chicagoans. They don't like to do that nasty stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This is I think this is another thing they try out in uh, Chicago. I'm I'm referencing Chicago a lot because this is where they they love to make these weird hot dogs. Uh, mac and cheese on a hot dog. No. Doesn't sound like the way to go. Yeah. No. Not for me. Relish. No, I hate relish. It's worse than pickles. <gasps> oh man. Straight up. Literally. It's okay. I get it. It's kind of like ooey gooey, and if yeah, you don't like texture pickles, terrible, you, texture you, terrible, you, taste terrible. No, <laughs> no sir. If you don't like pickles, you definitely won't like relish. So I no shouldn't even ask no. that one. Yeah. And you know you're da- not down with tomatoes on it, right? No. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's that's yeah. I saw those weird hot dogs there, and just had to throw those throw those in there. See what see where your thoughts were on that. Well, that my friend is what's on drew's mind your food takes which i can't wait to see the rest of them as they come along and uh, you say that national, now, <laughs> <laughs> national hot dog day no no i actually i genuinely enjoy and you know it's a it's a weird type of satisfaction when i see the tweet and it's got like one or two retweets and like 28 quote tweets i'm like yes like are they going in on him or are they like on his side being disgusting like what's going on here <laughs> Like, yeah. which way is it? I'm just so interested to read them all. <laughs> it's hard to tell sometimes. You never know. Yeah. So it's, it's always a wild ride, to to put it bluntly. <laughs> yeah, it's a – I always – you know, it's like a coin toss when you see that many quote tweets versus, like, barely any retweets. It's like, what could they be saying? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, on to uh, some WNBA, my friend. Uh, WNBA side of things. Uh, playoffs coming close. Uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier before the show. Um, but playoffs coming in soon, you know, got about, you know, 10 games for most teams or less, uh, somewhere in that range, you know, 10 to 11 and, uh, you know, one team this morning, as a matter of fact, secured their playoff spot. And that is the defending champion Chicago sky already with, uh, I believe it's four now, four more wins than they had, uh, finished last season with, excuse me. And our uh, and did that and won this morning uh, without Courtney Vandersloot. Um, but we want to talk about the kind of upper echelon versus the bottom tier uh, mm-hmm. of this uh, kind of playoff battle here. And you know we we know where our bottom fighters are here, kind of six through eleven. If you want to count the Liberty, probably do. It's just a one game difference between them and the Lynx. You know we'll say they're in it because uh, they're only about two games out of the eight spot. So they very well could turn it around as well. So six through 11 and, you know, probably one through four. And those are the teams that don't have double digit losses. And I want to ask you, Mark, would you put the Mystics in the top half or the bottom? Oh, I would put them in the top half. Top um, half. I think especially too, just like considering like the defense is awesome and the offense really can go through some walls. But a lot of that is because of when – Elaine has been out and now she's, if I remember correctly, she's going to be on every single, um, what is the word? Like she's going to be playing the rest of the season. So right, no more rest. Um, like they've, they've fully ramped her up now. So I'm, I would have them comfortably in the top half. 
Right. So I'm glad I referenced that bet on, you know, DraftKings for you guys. Go get that Mystics bet. Mark is high on Okay, there. I'm not saying that they're going to win a title, <laughs> although they are, I, I guess, now that I think about it, from an actual betting perspective, like, I do think they would be, like, the team to bet on in terms of, like, oh, yeah. okay, especially considering, like, you know, how the playoffs can go in the W, it being normally, like, a slightly shortened one. There's more variance, um, especially if the Mystics are healthy. Like, yeah, I can see it. Yeah, and you know now you know you got uh, you know the series now you know three five five, and you know uh, you know like you said they are healthy and you know you you want the best coaches when it comes down to a series in the playoffs and you know they've got one of the best in the business in Coach Mike Tebow, and uh, I actually put a <laughs> put a championship but on preseason when they were plus fourteen hundred so I hope that I hope that pans out go Mystics go get EDD another championship. Uh, no, I'm not. Uh, I'm kidding. But uh, but yeah, um, it, it's a pretty it's a pretty heated race. And, uh, you know, the top we can we can start from the top since there's less teams up here at the top compared to what's fighting down here at the bottom. Um, let's go. Let's go ahead and, you know, continue on the Mystics here. You know, what kind of team are, are you looking to see in the final stretch run here? And uh, do you expect them to stay at this five spot or do you expect them to climb a little bit? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think climbing is going to be hard. Um, yeah. Just seeing like, I mean, they're not that far behind. I want to say they're two two games back. Two, it's one and a half or two games back of Seattle right now in the five oh, spot. Um, what's up? One and a half. Oh yeah, yeah. So like, it doesn't seem like a lot, but given where the season's at right now, how well Seattle's been playing, same thing with the Sun. Um, I feel like it's gonna be hard. Like, I would have to you know cross-reference what the remaining schedules are for for both teams but um like we're talking about the mystics having to finish out like seven and three or better to Mm -hmm. to actually probably close the gap on the storm because i don't see the storm going less than 500 unless an injury pops up which god forbid i hope that doesn't happen because it happened on last year um but one thing that does help they play a back-to-back against the storm to close out july so Mm -hmm. that will be really interesting to watch and see how that goes Holy crap. I am looking at the Mystics closing schedule and Uh-oh. it is very difficult. Um, so they play – it starts easy, then there's a hard stretch, and then it closes well. Liberty, Wings, Storm back-to-back, Aces, Sky in a five-game stretch. Like that's that's a lot. And they play the Sparks and then two games against the Fever. So they have a chance to, to pad at the end. But um, in terms of like – that that's not a fun schedule for them. No, <laughs> I don't. No, I don't. Not I do all. not love that for them. But at the same point, that is a really good opportunity for them to actually ratchet up the standings because that's the only way they really can. Like they have to win games against the teams that are up there if they're going to take a jump up. I think it's possible. So again, like especially with Elena playing um, and being healthy, like ridiculous that she wasn't an All Star. I get games agree, but you know the the outcry that was made over dt should have been made over elena for being completely man, honest i can't um, believe there was outcry over dt it was ridiculous as hell man no you started <laughs> obviously gold medal yeah. should have been on without a doubt and kelsey yeah too, but like yeah. yeah but yeah no i i think like this mystics team a lot's going to depend on how the uh the last month of the season goes but i i mean they're they're a very real title contender for me especially with like I think the first month of the season when they looked like the best team in basketball, mm-hmm. um, I don't want to say that that's like their true form or whatever, but I do think we saw for, at least for me, I feel like I got more out of who they were in the first month of the season than I have over this last month. 
Interesting. And we might as well go back up the up the pole here from five to four. Uh, reference to Seattle Storm. Uh, Seattle, you know, struggled with injuries early, but has gotten it together. Uh, is arguably the best defensive team in the league, even though they just lost to the Sky this morning without Cordy Vandersloot. Still a pretty sound defensive team and a really good offensive team with an MVP candidate in Stewie. Um, you know, what's the next step for the Storm to show that, you know, they can, you know, contend for a title again and, you know, really, you know, possibly actually send Sue out on another championship? Uh, that's a good question. I think, I mean, they've been the best defense in basketball uh, for much of the season. Uh, mm-hmm. Them and the Mystics have been kind of swapping back and forth, but especially with just like actual firepower, like having Stewie, um, who I would have as defensive player of the year right now. Um, as in Magbagor is taking another step and she's been really good. And as as awesome as her like steals and blocks are, like what Stewie does defensively is like I just think that gets so underrated. Like yeah. obviously again, like the actual events creation is really nice. She's in the top five and steals and blocks as well. But like yeah. I mean, just in terms of actual deterrence and, and timing and everything, she's so freaking good. But yeah. again, it's the offense. Like they're still trying to figure out how to balance things out with Tina Charles off the bench, I think. Um, which was a little bit of an issue today. I didn't get to watch the game in full, but I saw some snippets and, um, you know, from talking to people as well. She played probably a little bit more than was beneficial for the team. Um, it's really hard to integrate somebody who is, A, that good, but also plays a, a different style than you do. Yeah, she's – I mean, she <laughs> does not fit what they do defensively at all. Right. Um, so trying to find that balance has been weird. Like, Jewel Lloyd just hasn't been herself this year, being frank. Like, she's still a very good player. Like, but one of – honestly, like – without taking into account this season, um, which you can't like fully not take into account, but like she's a top 10 player in sport. Like that's Mm -hmm. honestly underselling her too, but um, they really need her to hit her sweet spot as the season rounds out. Um, It's just like, again, like I think kind of like we talked about with the Lakers early, like I think this is a team with a lot of players where it's hard for them to find their best stretch playing five players who are all two-way players at the same time. Like that's – they have struggled to find that blend. Like, I think they really had something going with Gabby Williams, uh, running more of the offense, especially like getting out on the break, running in transition, um, leading some of the offense for like like a six or seven game stretch before the Tina Charles deal happened. And since then, again, it's been kind of like a, it's been a little bit harder to see how it how it plays out. So a lot of this is just like relying on Jewel and Stewie being awesome. And for the most part, that works because Jewel and Stewie are awesome. But like yeah. at the same point, I I still don't feel great about what their half-court offense is right now. Do you think it was a good or bad decision to add Tina Charles to the mix? I think it was the right decision. I mean, like, again, I think you can look back on this and be like, oh, this didn't work out. But also, I mean, not to be harsh, but like, okay, are you winning with Jantel Lavender? In, in her minutes instead like not yeah. that she can't fit in and do things well but at the same point it's just kind of like they needed somebody who can maybe ignite some things in the half court for them um and it might not work out but again i think it's a worthwhile gamble for sure considering the, the level of player team still is and continue the trend going up uh connecticut sun at the number three spot currently 17 and nine actually i mean seattle and connecticut were technically tied actually but mm-hmm. uh seattle uh, on the front end of it here um or, or connecticut sorry goodness i'm fumbling connecticut on the front end of it here uh connecticut here a very different um 
you know, team here with no Jasmine Thomas, uh, different kind of guard unit up top this year, uh, some more Natisha Heideman minutes, and a very dominant front court trio, a three-headed monster, uh, if you will. Uh, recently just talked to one of our reporters at the lead, Kayla Dos Santos, who covers uh, the Connecticut Sun for us, and she just actually wrote a piece about who the most important player is. Uh, I didn't give my answer on it, uh, um, but uh, the Connecticut Sun, you know, they can ill afford for one of those, you know, or definitely two of those, you know, players at that three-headed monster there being, you know, Alyssa Thomas, Jonquil Jones, and Bree Jones uh, to have a bad game. Um, so, I mean, they're they're very reliant on on them, and uh, they're heavy in the wind shares department. One thing that she noted in her piece is, is how reliant that team is on all three of them. And uh, well, they're a good team still. I mean, it, it's a good basketball team. Um, you know, John Quell is not scoring as much as she was last year, but she's still, you know, being really effective on both ends. And, uh, you know, B. Jones is, you know, coming into her own. She's bound for six woman or six player of the year, uh, unless, you know, Rebecca Gardner snags that thing. But, uh, you know, B. Jones uh, in all-star again. But Connecticut here in the fourth spot. How are you feeling about Connecticut and, uh, you know, their depth? And, and what they can do to finish the stretch of the season. Well, yeah, it's been interesting. Just to give my bit, I think, to me, AT's been their best player this year. Like, she's <sighs> awesome. I love AT, Dep- man. Like, I can't – actually, favorite. remind me to tell you something after we're off. But, like, yeah, she's she's awesome. Um, the defense has been really good. Like, she's in the running for defensive player of the year. She's not going to win it, I think, because uh-huh. Stewie, to me – like, it, it would be Stewie or Asia. Like, even with the Aces fall off defensively, Asia's been awesome. Right. Um. And they've just been that far ahead of the class. But, um, like, what she's done as a playmaker for this team, especially with Jasmine out, like, I've just been so impressed. Like, I think a lot of people have been, yeah, well, she's limited as a scorer and she's not really a lead ball handler and this and that. I'm like, well, I don't care. Like, to me, what she has done has been really impressive. Like, this is a team that oh, played yeah. extremely slow, extremely methodical last year, and they really upped their pace this year, largely because of what, uh, of what Alyssa brings. Um, and they played on the backs of that, and it's worked really well for them. Um, yeah. Because, again, their half-court offense is kind of a struggle at times. Um, mm-hmm. Like, actually finding a real balance in the half-court. Get like, I, like you mentioned, I think they've – one of the things that's been really hard with this team is that they do not have a great way to set up John Quell, but also I don't think that they do a great job of prioritizing it at times. Like, uh-huh. it's difficult because if you're not running your primary actions through Alyssa Thomas or Bree Jones, the spacing can get kind of muddy. Like, Bree Jones is a good spacer. Alyssa's good at making herself active and, like, setting impromptu screens and stuff. But John Quell's the only one who's really getting guarded out the three. And even then, like, I think teams are a lot more willing to let her shoot threes than to, to get inside and do damage because of how good and versatile of a scorer she is on the interior. Um, so like as good as that three is, it's still just like, to me, it's never quite felt like they really fit offensively yet. And I think, you know, part of what's difficult is there having Jasmine there. That's the kind of, that's the exact player you want setting the three of them up. Um, and like you mentioned, I think Natisha Hyman's like made really good strides, but she's really more of a combo guard. Like she's a good passer, not a great passer. Like Jasmine's one of the better passers in the league. She's a really good pick and roll ball handler. She's a capable spacer. Um, obviously very good defensively too, but um, I liked adding Bria Hartley. I think Bria Hartley can do, again, not going to be like Jasmine, but I think she brings a lot of the same things that Tisha does. And just having another player who can capably set up an offense and then move off ball is important, especially, again, like we're talking about a team where your three best players ideally are not the ones handling the ball in the half court. Um, so 
it's been interesting. But I, I'm I'm excited to see what they look like in the playoffs because I think they have a little bit more up their sleeves this year. Like Dijanae Carrington has been really good. Um, her shot's fallen off a little bit recently. She had a really good game yesterday, though. But um, she just brings more. Like, the energy's really good. Um, like you mentioned, I mean, Bree Jones has been awesome. She's going to yeah. kill in the playoffs. But, I, again, I think this is kind of like we have a lot of the same questions as last year, I feel like. Um, yeah. So it's just kind of figuring out, okay, is Dewana going to play well in the playoffs? That's question number one. Uh, how is Courtney Williams going to look? Because she is very hot and cold to me. Like, I think um, so much of what's difficult with them, as awesome as Courtney Williams can be, um, she's really much more about getting her own offense going. And that's, I think some people would imply that as being selfish. To me, that's just, that's how she sees the game. It's how she plays the game is her game is a lot more about, you know, pick and roll, but scoring out of it instead of necessarily setting people up. So if her game isn't really getting off, if her pull-ups aren't hitting, then the offense really doesn't hit the same way. Um, like they're not great at getting to the rim, which is wild to say for like like you're, like you mentioned off off rip. Like this is a team within like the best front court in basketball, um, and they struggle to put pressure on the rim at times, which is like wild to it's a wild dichotomy. Um, so again, like they have they're they're the team where I feel like has the most variance to me because I just am not entirely sure how to feel about them. That was, a, that was a big run on, but yeah. <laughs> no, you're good. I mean, Connecticut Sun will, uh, you know, oftentimes have you talking your head off for, for a while because you just don't know what to make of them sometimes. Yeah. Uh, number two seed, Las Vegas Aces, uh, 18 and 8, but bark this team sometimes this season. And I believe this has been something they've done in the past, too. You know, they have, you know, really, really, really good moments, and then they have some just clunkers in the, where they just get like punched in the face. And, you know, just have some games where they're just losing. And, um, you know, they had a blowout loss. Who was that loss to uh, not too long ago? 20-plus point just domination. I don't remember who it was to. But they just lost recently again to the the Dream. I think that was a 15-plus point loss. But, you know, questions surrounding this team. Like, this team is really talented. You know, it started off really hot. You know, they've got a good new coach. Age is playing at an MVP level. Kelsey is really coming to her own uh but can they get it done? Can this team finally get to the mountaintop and win a championship? Um, the question really is, though, have, is this are the starters playing too many heavy minutes already? Are they going to have enough gas to go through the playoffs to be able to get a championship? So I think to me, it's probably less about the minutes and more about the uh, what, it, you know, what happens when you're bringing the bench in. Um, <laughs> Like, I think Raquana Williams is a fine bench player and she can make things work. Um, but then, I mean, Ileana Rupert has been very fun for me and I'm excited about her moving forward. And I think she's done some positive things this year. But again, like, it's really only seven players in your rotation. And I think that can be a little bit more mitigated in the playoffs. But um, the bigger problem for me has been keeping the ball in front. Um, like, they really have um, struggled. Like, they've mixed up what they've done defensively a lot this year. And I haven't liked it, frankly. Um, I think part of it is like their defense to me, like, again, their defense was only in like the top. I think they were like fourth at their best early on in the year, but I wrote about it early in the year too, because like it looked good. Like they were extremely active. Asia was playing pretty close to the level of the screen. Um, they were doing a lot of like, they're obviously a lot of switching, but it's mostly like playing some more aggressive defense. That's not fully switching. Like there's a lot of two to the ball, a lot of show and recover, um, mm -hmm. kind of similar to what the storm do, but in a different way. 
And I liked that a lot because especially for what their personnel is being a little bit smaller, being quicker. Um, I think that works for them. And then they've really, after, you know, they, uh, they kind of had a point in the season where they're just like, all right, well, we're going to start playing drop all the time now, or we're just going to switch things. Um, and I don't like it. Like, I, I, I think part of it is maybe just trying to be easier on themselves because they know what it looked like playing that way. But I also don't really get just fully going away from that. So I think the biggest thing for me in looking at them is do they get back to that? Because that's how they they really got the most out of their offenses by getting out and running because of turnovers forced and the stops they were able to get. Um, and their half-court offense, again, like I think similarly with the Sun, they have issues in actually um, setting themselves up in the half-court. Um, but at the same point, like, okay, Chelsea Gray, Asia Wilson, like I'm not really too worried about that team figuring it out. To me, it's just a lot more about keeping themselves in the game by – uh, actually making things work defensively. Um, so I'm curious to see what happens as they get to the closer to the playoffs or in the playoffs. Like, do they go back to what was really working for them or is this just kind of what they're doing now? And I, I hope not because that would have me mightily disappointed after what we saw early on in the year. Five and five in their last 10 games. Number one seed Chicago Sky up next secured a playoff berth today. First team in the league to 20 wins, 20 and six on the year. Uh, more wins already than last season. Uh, beat uh, who was it this morning? Beat the Seattle Storm this morning without Courtney Vandersloot. Uh, what do you make of this team, who is the hottest team in the WNBA right now, on a five-game win streak, and you know looking to possibly be the first team to repeat in a long time? This team is just clicking right now. Um, they are like my guilty pleasure watch. I love watching them play <laughs> basketball. Uh, like Candace Parker has been unreal this season. Uh, like she, again, like right up there player. with, with Asian and Stewie for, she would be like third for me. I, I'm trying to think how I would do it in my head. I'd probably have her second actually Ooh. ahead of Asia right now, right behind Stewie. Like she's been that good Man. defensive this year. Uh, we'll be um, clipping that. Yeah. Well, good. Cause it's true. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm, I'm there. Like she's been that good defensive this year. The passing yeah, has been really good. good. Of course, the scoring has been fantastic. Like she's just having a really damn good year. Um, but Emma Meesman has been awesome. Like the way that she's, oh, yeah. the way, like, I mean, they run a ton of uh, like slot and elbow actions through their bigs um, to get the most out of their off ball movement and just collective passing overall. Um, the team shot, I think they were 11th or 12th in the league in three point shooting over the first month of the season. So their offense looked kind of rough gummed up and they've shot like, I mean, they now have, I think six players shooting over league average from three and that's after starting that poorly. Um, so I'm not really too worried about how that looks. Like their offense has really hit. Kalia Copper has been awesome. Courtney Vandersloot has been fantastic. Um, Rebecca Gardner, you mentioned earlier, like she's one of my favorite players in the league to watch. Her defense is incredible. She's a good passer. Um, she just is a really good cutter, scores well. It just like fits like a glove in this offense. I think the biggest question slash, slash thing for me uh, is what happens between Julie Aleman and Dana Evans down the stretch. Because that's been the one thing that really hasn't found itself out. Like, Dana Evans looked awesome, like, the first couple games of the season. Then um, Julie Aleman came back over from playing in the French League. And she's been fine, but I also think they expected her to be a lot more, and I have as well, mm-hmm. frankly. Like, she's really yeah. good running the offense, but she's been very gun-shy from three, which is just odd to me considering she took, I think, what, like six and a half threes per game in the bubble and was awesome there. Like, I want her to get back to that. Like, there are moments for her to be way more aggressive and take more shots. It would be better for the offense. Um, 
but again, like that's kind of what's ridiculous about this team. Like they're just like, okay, well, yesterday they went to Dana Evans instead of uh, Julia Almond off the bench and they won. Um, or no, that was today. It feels like yesterday, but um, like they have the embarrassment of riches on their roster. Like honestly, like their second unit is almost a starting lineup in the league. Like as where students yeah. would start for like six or seven teams in the W right, right now. And we didn't even mention her. She's been incredible. Like she's mm-hmm. a big, big part of why they can be so versatile in their lineups and what they do, but meaningfully versatile too. Like they are able to keep doing what they do, but bring it with new looks as well. And it's just awesome, man. I love watching <laughs> this team play. They're so talented. They have a good group. It's just fun to watch. I sure hope they can get Candace another ring. That'd be awesome. Big Candace Parker fan. Okay, let's let's dive into this bottom half. We'll start with the uh, the upper echelon teams and work our way down. We say upper echelon just by current, you know, place in the standings. Uh, number six, Atlanta Dream, twelve and fourteen on the season. Uh, people have been calling for Tanisha Wright uh, for Coach of the Year because this team we did not expect to be in the mix really of the playoffs this season. Uh, knew Ryan Ryan Howard would come in and be a good player. Uh, nobody expected All Star uh, immediately probably, but you know this team is in the playoff mix. Very much have a a good chance to make it. Uh, they just had a good win over the Aces, and they are looking to make the playoffs. Uh, Mark, so what do you make of this Atlanta team and can they make it in the playoffs? Yeah, I think, um, I think they can, I, they're, they're the team. If I had to pick a team from the bottom, which I mean, again, this is not saying much considering what the bottom comprises of, but like if I had to pick a team from the bottom to really give a team hell and and potentially win a first round, it would be Atlanta. Like they're, I mean, we saw them do it yesterday. Like Tip Hayes back with this team just makes them a whole other level. Thirty-one, right? The other day, she was in. She's been insanely good since she came back. Well, last night was like her best game. She's been so good. Like, and she's a good defender too. She's a quality passer. Um, easily the best scorer on the team. Like what she does, adding in what she brings, like makes it easier on everyone else, particularly on Ryan. Like I think yes, seeing that yesterday was a huge thing. Like. Ryan scored, I think, nine points in the first quarter, and a lot of that was because the defense was so occupied with trying to contain Tip Hayes off the dribble. Mm-hmm. Um, she just makes them make more sense, and it's really fun to watch. Um, like, I honestly think, like, that team – I would not that, – that's the team I, like, least want to face in the first round if I'm one of the top four seeds because I think that's an actually very dangerous matchup for some, for some teams because they're so good at just staying solid defensively. Um, again, like, a lot's going to depend on, like, okay, well, if you – are able to gum things up offensively on them. Yeah, they're going to be in trouble, but also I think that's going to be harder to do now. So, um, yeah, I, I'm very in on this Atlanta team. I'm actually hoping to get down there and do a story on them at some point. I'd say at some point with three weeks left in the season, but um, it's going to happen. <laughs> but, yeah, no, they've been they've been one of my favorite teams. I mean, I've enjoyed watching every team, but, like, they've been one of my favorites to watch all season. Right. Hey, I called they were going to be a league pass team this year for sure. So they're right. definitely, definitely a good team to uh, watch. Uh, let's slide on down to the very interesting and, you know, always questionable number seven tied at seven seed Los Angeles Sparks. Uh, this team has gone through a coaching chains already this season with Derek Fisher parting uh, and heading on out and Fred Williams taking over and, you know, kind of manning things here in L.A., and keeping it afloat, but still having some trouble as well. They've had some injury issues as well as still just trying to figure it out. But, you know, one thing that remains constant with this team, Mark, Neka Gumake. She just went crazy in the last recent game, always being efficient, being a model 
uh, of consistency and, uh, you know, the ultimate fundamental in the game uh, here in the WNBA. Um, but the Sparks as a whole, you know, playoffs as a playoffs have eluded them a bit lately. And, you know, with, you know, the teams that are awakening below them, can they stay in the playoff mix and actually make it this time? Yeah. Um, I, I, I do just want to reiterate, reiterate what you said. Like I got to talk to NECA at All-Star and she talked about, you know, her approach to this season and um, how she um, kind of reworked what she was doing in the off season. And she was, first of all, awesome person. Like I, I love talking to her. Absolutely. Um, but also, like you mentioned, like I think I've seen like some pushback to like people calling her an MVP candidate. Like, no, she's not going to win MVP because the Sparks are 11 and 14, but she's been awesome, man. Like she's been one of the five best players in the league this year without question. Oh yeah. Like she's been that good. Um, they obviously need to rip off some wins here if they really want to make noise in the playoffs. Um, I think it's possible. Like they have, I don't want to say they've hit a stride, but their offenses look better. I think the defense has still been a work in progress, but um, maybe helps having was out for a little bit, but um, like I, I just, I think that there's enough talent on this team here to to make some things interesting. I actually have a story coming out now tomorrow, so not I'm not just you know telling hey. lies to hype them up, but um, yeah, I mean, like I'm I'm looking through the rest of their schedule right now. Okay, that's it's not super easy. Um, oh yeah, okay. Well, they they I mean yeah they we'll see what happens. We'll we'll know what they're really made of <laughs> over the next week because they play yeah they play yeah. play the dream play the aces and then they play Mercury Lynx. Then Liberty, Liberty, Dream. Yeah, it's like, I mean, again, like part of what's so difficult about the W is like, other than playing the Fever, none of these games are really easy. And even then, the Fever are like feisty this year. It's not last year's Fever, so. Right. Um, But, I mean, what do I hope to see from this team as they close out? Um, I mean, just finding their defense again, because that's been the biggest disappointment for me this year is like, I mean, they went from being – I just knew last year I was going to get awesome defense from them, and it just hasn't hit the same this year. And, again, I think a lot of that is personnel changes, mostly Liz Cambage and changing that up and what that looks like. But um, the defense should be a lot better than it has been, if we're being frank. So I'm I'm hoping that they can kind of rein in and find some of that. Like, even just in July, they're third worst in defense, which is disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't know. TBD, we'll see on them. I, they still haven't really hit a stride that's made me super excited about them. Fair enough. Uh, let's see if you got some more thoughts about the team that's tied with them in the standings at 11 and 14. Uh, those very problematic Dallas Wings. Um, Dallas very much, you know, unfortunately staying true to their nature and, uh, you know, not being able to put things together consistently here. Uh, 11 and 14, the standings, uh, five and eight home record and, you know, some unhappy players, it seems like mm-hmm. at times and yeah. very inconsistent uh, rotations here in very inconsistent defense and just inconsistency kind of from top to bottom. Um, but, you know, Mark, what do you really make of this? And we've had a lot of, you know, discussions about this team, you know, uh, out, outside of, you know, the show. Um but what do you make of this team? And, you know, just so you know, I did in their last 16 games, I don't, I think I told you that I predicted that they finished probably eight and eight. And, you know, they're pretty much, they're, they're on pace for that right now, just kind of trading games. And, you know, I think I also mentioned maybe the worst end was also likely at like seven and nine. And I think they're two and three right now since the break or in those 
you know, when I started that last 16 game window. So they've played five since and they're two and three, I believe. So they're, they're working their way there, but you know, what are you, what are your overall thoughts on the, uh, the team and, you know, what do you not like about what they've been doing? And do you think this team can make the playoffs again? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think they can make the playoffs and they probably will, but I'm, mm. um, well, I guess maybe saying probably will is too much. Like, Ooh. actually, now that I think about it, the the Lynx will probably pass them in the standings. I Ooh, I don't think okay. that that's out of pocket at all. Like, the Lynx have been playing. No, no, it's not out of pocket. Well. I just, I just um, like to be dramatic. No, no, I was just saying it more to myself. <laughs> like, I think yeah. I, I, my bet for who makes the last two playoff spots would be probably LA and the Lynx. Mm. Um, okay. even though I don't think LA is like that great. Like, I just think like they have been consistent ish enough like i don't have any faith in the mercury who we'll talk about i the the liberty are so far away from actually making it happen um yeah i my issue with the wings is that i just don't know who they are and i don't think i mean i don't 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 think like they don't know who they are either which is the problem um like we talked about this earlier in the year i made the mistake of writing that i thought they had an identity seven games in the year because it looked like they did like they were playing fantastic fucking basketball they were i think the second or third best defense in the league playing extremely aggressive defense using isabel harrison as um like a very aggressive hedger um doing a lot of stuff with long rotations and just being active and it worked really well the offense struggled and was like trying to find its way still, but the defense was fantastic. Like that game against Connecticut early in the year, I'll hammer that home forever. Like that game felt like just a totally different game. Uh, but now Isabel Harrison is like an afterthought on the team. And I honestly, I try and be fair, like not just because I like Izzy as like a person and player, but like just legitimately from a basketball standpoint, the de emphasis of her this year has been weird. Like yeah. it just, she went from being a player who looked like a borderline all-star for the first like seven, eight games to Vicky just being like, oh, well, I'm going to stop playing you as much. And like uh, Tierra McCallum got that one start. And then, again, this is not meant as like shade of Tierra or anything, but I just think like Izzy is a better player than her for what the wings were trying to do at the beginning. Um, I still, I would probably say she's a better player overall anyways, but um, like they just made it, they started making it murky and weird and then her minutes just started to decrease and decrease and decrease. And she still played pretty decently off the bench, but then Vicky had that comment about like, oh, well, we can't get 20 and 10 from you one night and then like five and five the next. Yeah. And you have to be consistent. I'm like, okay, but she was really consistent before you diminished her role. Like it was right. just so weird, man. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, and there, there have been good things on the team. Like Alicia Gray's, but I mean, to me, she Alicia Gray is the best player on the team. Like, I don't think that there's much question in that for me. I know a lot of people will point to Arike. Arike is very good. She's a good scorer, uh, a great scorer. But, like, in terms of actually leading the offense, that's just been a problem. Like, she's not a good passer. If her shot is not falling, the offense sucks, if we're being honest. Like, it really gets stagnant. It doesn't work well. Things are a lot better when she's off the ball. Like, I'd have to look up the minutes between her and Ver- when she and Veronica Burton share the court. But, like, even with Veronica being, like, a non-factor as a scorer, she just runs the offense pretty well and moves the ball. And, like, mm-hmm. I think even finding that between Marina and Enrique has been difficult. Like, Marina's been a lot better running the offense this year, but that's more with her playing as the point guard. And, honestly, like, when she and Enrique are on the court, it feels like 90-10 that Enrique is the point guard and, and running things. Um 
So again, there's just there's so much mess with this team that I just I don't understand. And now like everything runs through Tierra McCowan, like that we went away from that again like a game or two ago. Um and like it can be good. Like Tierra is a very she's a dominant post scorer. Like there are very few players in the league who can who can guard Tierra one on one, but okay, in terms of players who are actually capable of setting up Tierra while giving her proper spacing, it's like not really there. Yeah. And it's also just kind of a misuse of talent if you have Enrique and Marina out there and you're like, well, we're just going to dump the ball into to Tierra. And like a lot of the sets can just be like teams see it coming from like a mile away. Like, oh, you're just going to run Tierra off a cross screen and have her post up on the right block and dump it to her. And then you're going to try and score there. Like there's not there's no flow in the offense. Nope. Um, part of it, too, that's been difficult. Like the injuries have sucked. Injuries have really hurt the team, too. Like Satu yeah. being out for as long as she has, who can also be the best player on the team when she's healthy. Like it's just, there's so much going on here that it's, it's, it's frustrating. Um, like, I feel like I mean, you and I have talked about this so many times this year. It's just like, it's, there's a lot more talent here than an 11 and 14 team, but it just has not fit or worked out. And it's just too much. Like the front court has just been a nightmare in trying to figure yeah. out what's even going on there. You know what's crazy is I feel like and I'd have to go back and like really dig into this to like make for sure but this seems like it's it seems like a regular thing where one player goes from being like a vital piece of you know what they do to being like completely shut out. So last yeah. year prime example Marina Mabry she went from being a starter, you know, perennial scorer like her and her and Arike were a dominant, you know, backcourt duo to you know she barely play or she's coming off the bench now. You know, sixth woman a little bit to seventh to eighth and, you know, just kind of floating around there for the rest of the year. And it, everybody's just like, it doesn't make sense. And that same thing is kind of happening to Izzy now that just doesn't make any sense as to why you're doing it. And, and both scenarios. So last year when Marina was going crazy, it was working for him. And early in the year when Izzy was hot in those first, you know, three out of four, three out of five games, it was working for him. That was when they started off the year four and one. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, undefeated on the road. So, uh, you know, just not adding up there at all. Um, uh, and and uh, you mentioned Saw, too. And I did mention this to you. And I hope I – I feel like a jinx now that I, that I said this to you. Oh, I'm talking no. about talking about her games played since she's been in the league. Uh, so, so far this season, Saw, too, has played 11 games. And the Wings have played 25 games this season. And they're going to have 11 more. Satu has to play nine of those 11 games to play 20 games in a season for the first time in her WNBA career. So she's got to come back in the next two games and play almost all of them. Um, so, I mean, it's just kind of concerning, you know, even though the crazy part is coming into the year, I was kind of, you know, leery of Satu's Achilles that has been like a little bit of a hampering thing the past couple of years where she had missed some time just for, you know, soreness. Uh, you know, it was never a tear or anything, but just uh, having to sit out because that was sore or whatever. And, uh, you know, this year it's a knee. Now it's an ankle. Um, and it's just uh, hopefully she can get up to, you know, get up to being healthy. But too much too much time spent on the wings here. We, we can do that another time. Uh, number nine, Phoenix Mercury. I already said you're not too high on them, and I can understand why. This team, uh, it, 
happens to have a better home record than the Dallas Wings, seven and five, but they're tumultuous <laughs> on the road and in most departments of basketball. Um, Skylar Diggins Smith has been the only reason this team is even moderately relevant this year. Um, you know, without without BG and uh, free BG, um, their defense is pretty atrocious. Um, uh, DT has not had a good season. And, you know, they just, I mean, all the, the drama within the team as well. Uh, comments from the coach, you know, Skyler not being, a, not going along with it, uh, quoting uh, something coach said, put the clown emoji. Uh, yeah. So drama within the team and, uh, you know, already, you know, the drama with Tina Charles to get her that, you know, the buyout to get her out of there. Um, what do you make of the Phoenix Mercury and uh, are they uh, bound uh to try and they might as well go for the number one pick next year or should they try and do this playoff thing yeah um i just yeah this team it doesn't really seem like they like each other that much i'm being honest um like the wings i feel like the wings is just like the team has too many players who need the ball i don't think it's a them not like i can't speak on everything in the locker room it feels a lot less like this team hates each other than uh like this just doesn't fit and they know it um phoenix legit just feels like they don't like each other like yeah. clearly the stuff between skylar and, and and dt like that's not overblown it doesn't feel like in the slightest um what's so frustrating too is like skylar has been incredible this season like should have been an all-star starter we know why she was an all-star starter uh because of 14th in plant in 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 player voting but man that um, was crazy like she's been one of the probably eight best players in the league this year she'll she mm-hmm. should be like second probably second team all w for me it's hard to be first when your your team is this bad but yeah. i think it's been tough because like diamond has had a good season but her shot is just like totally gone from outside i think the defense has been a lot better from here from her but like the mercury overall like like you mentioned you hit it on the head um the defense has been better with Brianna Turner playing the five full time because she's still been amazing defensively because it's Brianna Turner. But like, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, I mean, this whole team was built around BG on both ends. So not having her is just like, um, again, it's not to excuse everything for the Mercury. It's more to just be honest. Like this, a just like bring BG home because this is still just getting ridiculous. Um, yeah. But, um. Like, okay, Sophie Cunningham's playing the four and she can do some okay things on the ball defensively and, and make rotations, but she's way too small to be playing the four most of the time. Oh, yeah. And as good as it's been offensively, like you're still just giving up so much defensively. Um, like Shea Petty's been a nice story this year. She's done a lot that I have actually really liked and I continue to just be impressed with her growth every year. But again, like the team's not deep. The players who they have playing significant roles are overstretched for the most part. And it just hasn't been good basketball. And they don't seem to like each other. So this is like bad mix in all ways possible. <laughs> just does not sound good. And Shea Petty has been – she's been good for my fantasy basketball team. Shout out to Shea Petty. Um, go ahead and slide down to that team that you are kind of high on that is now pretty much fully healthy and relatively hitting its stride six and four in their last ten games. And Ariel Powers has been uh, a revelation for this team as of late. Been on an absolute scoring tear, you know, minus the recent Wings game, I believe. She, you know, she had a stretch of like, you know, multiple 30-point games and, uh, you know, set, uh, you know, had some links history, you know, behind, you know, Maya Moore. So, you know, AP's doing some big-time things right now after uh, after a cold start with a lot on her shoulders. Mm-hmm. Uh, in minnesota but you know this team fully healthy you know looking good you know got some solid wins 
you you said this team could be that eighth spot playoff team, or I mean, maybe not specifically eighth spot, but you know, make one of those last two spots. And uh, you know, just tell me what you make of the links, and you know how really real those possibilities are. Yeah, I mean, I think that they're on the way to it. If we're being honest, like I the offense. I'm trying to check again real quick. I believe. Yeah, so they're third in offense in July, and it's even better if you extrapolate it a little bit further out because they've just played very solid basketball, uh, particularly uh, since, I want to say, yeah. So since June 21st, they are, if I can count, seven and four, um, which is good. Like, considering how they started, I think they were three and ten to start the year. Um, like, that's a lot better. Um yeah. Or no, it was three, three and thirteen actually to start the year. So never mind. Pretty rough. Um, yeah, very rough. So they've, they've again, like the the defense still is kind of a work in progress. Having Silback is huge. Um, a lot. I still am not sure that Nafisa Kali is actually going to be back this year. Um, I would be kind of surprised. I know that they've mm-hmm. like made mention of it, but like what capacity should actually be back in is, um, not something that I have like a good read on, uh, whatsoever. But um. Like, like you mentioned, AP has been huge. Like she went from, she really struggled to start the year having like way too much offense burn on her shoulders to now like the shot's been falling. She set career highs back to back. I, if I remember correctly, I think it's 32 yep. and then 35, she's been balling. Um, she's been playing really well and that's been huge for them. Like the biggest thing for me too, Mariah Jefferson has like not gotten enough shine this year. She's been awesome. Like yeah. again, talking about the wings, um, like <laughs> she's the most improved player, candidate a good player. starting point guard for them. Like she's really good at at setting the offense, moving off the ball, flowing within it, um, and being a capable shooter from outside. Which like, hey, that's the exact kind of player the wings can use. But who am I to say? Um, but yeah, no, she's been awesome for them. And they've done a ton of stuff in terms of like sim- not 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 in the same thing, but like in a similar vein to how uh, how the sky run their offense, like a lot of dribble handoffs at the at the elbows and uh, or less elbows, more like in the slot. A lot of post playmaking. They really lean into what Jessica Shepard can do as a playmaking hub. They've done that with with Sill too, which has been awesome and something I'm really loving in their offense. Um, they started the year just like posting up Sill a bunch which makes sense. She's a really good post player. One of the best, if not the best of all time, mm-hmm. but okay. It's easy. It's a lot easier to defend somebody. If you're just straight up posting them in the block, you can bring a double team easier. Right. They've been doing a lot more in terms of like her setting hand, setting screens and rolling from, from the elbows or, uh, or from the slots. Uh, and again, less, less elbows, more slots. I keep meaning to say slot, but like doing a lot more stuff with her on the perimeter to get her going downhill and get the ball in the move that makes it a lot harder to defend her and much mm-hmm. easier to foul her. Yeah. Um, so they've just found a much better blend offensively that I've absolutely loved watching. And like Jessica Shepard being back on the bench, like she toasts bench units. Um, so that whole team has just been really fun to watch. Um, I do think still like, my biggest questions are more like, okay, can Demiris Dantas find anything? Cause she has really struggled. Like it's been awesome to see her back, but she has not been good. Like 39% from the field, 26% from three. Um, that's tough. Or I mean, 39% from two, it's just 30% from the field. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's tough. They need more from her, especially because she's really integral to them being a good team. Um, Kayla McBride still hasn't really even found her stride yet. Like she's had some better games recently, but she hasn't quite been that player offensively for them that they need. Um, so again, like this team is playing really well, but they have more in the tank to find stuff. So um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited for it. I, I do think that they're going to be the last team to make it to the playoffs. 
Jinx. It almost feels like a jinx for players that have really good overseas seasons when they come into the W. <laughs> you know, Saw 2, K-Mac, you know. Feels like and, it. Yeah, but, you know, I, I believe in the Lynx, too. Lynx are, are a good squad. I believe they could squeeze in there and, you know, uh, you know, wings, golly, get it together, man. Um, yes. And and lastly, one we're going to talk about, and sorry, Fever, we're leaving you out here, but New York Liberty, uh, 9-16, and 16, still kind of sort of in the mix, but they're on a four-game losing streak, uh, kind of, you know, pushing themselves further out of that mix. If they had, you know, at least split that, you know, they'd be, you know, at 7-8 right now, uh, given, given uh, you know, more problems to everybody else that's, you know, right in tight as well. Um, but, you know, New York Liberty, you know, they haven't had Laney all season, and I don't know if they're going to get her back in enough of a capacity to help them out to finish the stretch of the season or if, the, or if she's going to play at all. Um, but I think she's – I think there's a possibility that she is coming back. Um, but is this – is it too little too late for the New York Liberty? Uh, I I kind of want to say it is like if, if Benaja came back like next week, okay, we're having a different conversation, but a um, couple problems for me, like they were really finding their groove last month. I was really excited about their direction. The offense mm-hmm. just kind of died out again. It hasn't been yeah. like, like they went from being like the best offense in basketball for a, a couple weeks to falling off. And part of that has been like the shots have just died for a few people. Like I think Steph Dolson has, um, like the shot's been there, but again, I think she's had some some hit or miss games for sure. Um, Rebecca Allen missing as much time as she had has, has, has definitely hurt them. Her being back is good, but again, um, like Crystal Dangerfield shot has fallen off inside and outside the arc, and she was really yeah. important for them getting things going. Um, Marine Johannes hasn't been as hot as she was early on. Um, like Sav has still been really fucking good, but like the turnovers are just they continue to be a big issue for this team. Like Natasha Howard has in some ways been tasked with doing too much. And I think that's part of the problem of like, not even to say that she's a star player, like she is a star player, but she's meant to be like the third star alongside Benajah and Sab. Like that's part of the problem. Like she's tasked with handling the ball way too much. She's really not a four to me. Like she does, she's, she moves like a four, but I think her handle is really rough for somebody at the four. Um, It's having this conversation with somebody today. Um, just because I said something about her footwork being good, like they're like, oh, well, she falls all the time. Like, well, part of it, like her handles, like all over the place. And I think a lot of that's because she's a four. But like, again, um, I think having Benaja back would change a ton of what this team looks like offensively. Yeah. Um, but still, I think it's just, it's definitely like you mentioned, it's too little, too late. Like they haven't had wings almost the entire year, other than the minimal stretch when Jocelyn Willoughby was healthy. And she's back now, but she, I think she played like 10 minutes yesterday morning. Um, and we'll hopefully be back and, and in full capacity moving forward. But again, there's just like not quite enough here right now. And I'm hoping that changes up. Yeah, hopefully so. Definitely going to be in a very, a very, very interesting race to finish the season. Game difference between the sixth seed and the 11th seed is just two and a half games, Mark. So it's going to be a very fun and very heated and very competitive games down the stretch for seeding and teams fighting for the playoffs in the WNBA. And now time to play a little game. Mark, uh, you may or may not have heard about this illustrious, very famous. I'm just kidding. It's not very famous. This is very fun, though, game that BJ and I play here called With It or Quit It. I ask 
you because we don't have a guest this time, but you are the guest host. Uh, five questions, I know, and uh, I just want to get your answer on all of them. You know, they are no specific topic. You know, I mean, they're everywhere. It, there might be some basketball in here. There might be some food in here. There might be some movies. There might be some toe in here. I don't know, but some what in here? Nothing. There's no toes. I, I promise. Okay. <laughs> but there are some good questions, but we're going to have some fun here. But uh, you, you ready to rock? Yeah, 100%. All right, let's do it. Question number one. The WNBA will have a new commissioner before it sees expansion. With it or quit it? Uh, probably quit it. I just would be surprised that happens considering expansion is supposed to happen within the next three years. So I doubt it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people not happy with what Kathy said over all-star weekend calling for a new commish. So didn't know where, where everybody was on that or if it was realistically possible before expansion happens, uh, probably more so, you know, within a couple of years after, if at all, uh, if anything, maybe, Mm -hmm. uh, Number two, in your personal opinion, you would prefer to watch a TV show versus a movie with it or quit it. Oh, quit it. I'd rather watch a movie. Uh, Okay. I love movies, man. Big movie. There's more finality to it, too. Like a TV show, you can watch 30 episodes with the movie. I know what I'm, I know. Well, I obviously like there are some like trilogies and stuff but for the most part. Like I know what's going to be done. I, I feel like I can pay attention to a movie better than a TV show. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, Cause I like nice. dedicate to like TV shows. You just kind of like flip on if you're not doing anything like movies yeah. are like, I sit down and I know I'm going to like not do anything for that time. Like I'm going to well, go see Nope tomorrow with one of my friends, which I'm very excited for but. Okay. Well, let me know how Nope is. I, I want to check will. that out. I'm so, I love Jordan Peele, so I'm excited. Heck yeah. All right. Well, we might have the first uh, uh, quit it five, Pete, in this in these five lines of questions here. We'll see how it goes with these last three. Uh, number three. Brittany Sykes was your favorite player to profile this season with it or quit it? Oh, man, that's so hard. <laughs> I kind of that hurts. This hurts to answer. Ooh, you I can, you say... can take the field or Brittany. Uh, so I'm not gonna take the field, but I will say Ooh. I will say quit it because I loved. Okay, Brit- Brittany was awesome. She's one of my favorite people to talk to, and I wanted to talk to her again soon. But honestly, writing that story on Alicia Gray was my favorite thing this year. Okay. That's my favorite thing. I've done. Heck um, yeah, dude! I was just amped about it because like. I don't know. Part of the reason I really wanted it, not to like gush, but like I, it was wild. Like I knew nothing about Alicia for the most part going in. Like right. I went and I watched like all of her interviews and, and listened to her on podcasts and, and, and read up on her as well. But like, I just didn't really know much about her as a person. And I feel like getting to, you know, talking to Asia, talking to Don, um, talking to KT, talking to others uh, and actually getting to know who Alicia is because she's not somebody who likes to talk about herself. Like right. it was cool. Um, I really, want to do more of that stuff so um yeah i would have as, as amazing as, as sykes was it's got to be it's got to be doing that story on leash for me 
Dude, I want to be able to do more of that too. Dude, I hope I, I hope I get to here pretty soon. So, yeah, leash leash is leash is low key awesome. You just got to be able to get her out of her shell, and I I was glad you were, you were able to when you got to talk to her and write that story. And you know, every, every time you talk about you know people that she loves or like someone that she loves, you know, she she lights up. So yeah, she's she's easier to talk to when when you're talking about those things with leash. Uh, she's awesome. And fun fact, she was my first WNBA interview. So, no way. Yeah, I didn't know me that. And, me and Leash always got that connection. Definitely. Uh, number four, the Atlanta Hawks have now, with the addition of DeJounte Murray, a top three backcourt in the NBA. With it or quit it? I want to quit that one. I do not. I do not. I do not agree with that. Oh, he is very adamant yeah. on this one. Let me. Okay, let me pull up some. I'm pulling a basketball reference right now. I don't. I, yeah, no, I don't. I don't think that's a top. Five. So Stephen Clay. You said is top three or top five? Top three. So Stephen top Clay three. are up there. Yeah, even then. I don't know. Who else is up there? Ooh, man. What will be Phoenix? I think Phoenix is better. Phoenix, Chris yeah, Paul, Chris Paul and Devin sure. Booker. Yeah. Um. Dude, who, who else we got out there? Chicago, um, Levine, and. Uh, Oh, I get tomorrow's not technically a guard. Um, where, where do uh, where are Brunson and RJ Barrett at now? <laughs> not, a, no. <laughs> not the top three. <laughs> yeah, no, no. no. Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't know who else. You, I don't even shoot, know. About maybe them. they are top three. They might be. This is hard. Yeah. Well, this... Okay, John Morant and uh, and Desmond Bain would be better better than that for me. Really? Okay, you got John yeah. Desmond Bain over Dejounte Murray and Trey Young, two All Stars. Oh. Maybe they are too. Ooh, this man. Is, I, maybe they do crack top three. This is tough. Yeah, the backcourt combos aren't what they used to be. You know, Dame and CJ are split up and all that. So, uh, you know, that's a backcourt that broke up. You don't have Luca and Brunson to fall back on or anything like that. Um, yeah. uh, Garland doesn't really have a a, uh, a two guard out there really to note in Cleveland that you can mention. Uh, you know, Harden. I don't know if you would include Harden and Maxi. Actually, okay, Harden and Maxi. So I would have I would have Atlanta fourth then, because I would have Harden and Maxi over over um over Trey and Dejounte right now. Okay, okay. Um, so yeah, I'd have them fourth. So it's like it's almost with it, right? <laughs> okay, four straight quidditz. Oh man. Well, well, we've you've already answered this one, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. <laughs> Number five, the Minnesota Lynx make the playoffs. With it. I'm definitely with, with it. That. Yeah. Oh, we almost had a five a five straight quidditz. I think that would have been the first time in show history with five straight quidditz. Um, but, yeah, I knew once I saw this, I was like, well, that, that's over. <laughs> that's over now. But, heck, yeah. All right. So the last three, last three spots for you in no order are Lynx, Dream, and Sparks. The last three in order, Link Stream and Sparks. Oh, not in order. Not in order. Oh. Oh, wait. Can you all right, can you repeat the question? So the so the last three spots in the playoffs, you know, that bottom tier, so the six through eight. Links, dream, sparks. Yeah. No, I'll get with that. I think so yeah, I'd go dream, sparks, and then links. Because it's just it's gonna be hard for the links to actually pass pass the sparks unless they fall apart. Which is possible, but um Very possible. yeah. Heck yeah. Well, that is with it or quit it. 
ladies and gentlemen. And we did not get our first five P to quit it. <laughs> I, I thought it was on the way. Time. Yeah. Who knows? We'll we'll see how it goes. But ladies and gentlemen, that is also the episode. Uh Mark, I appreciate you coming on and filling in from a man, BJ. Uh BJ is irreplaceable, but you did a wonderful job in here today. Uh, I appreciate you taking your time out to come hang out with me and talk a, a lot of basketball and a little bit about hot dogs and food and stuff, too. It was fun, man. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, guys, make sure, if you don't know already, we are partnered with Fanatics out here. So make sure you go check out the link in the show description. Hit that link and shop your merch, your your fa- your favorite athletes, jerseys and collectibles, all that gear with the lowdown. Even this this polo I got on right now, this is Fanatics gear. This Dallas Cowboys polo, Fanatics gear. So you guys go shop at the Lowdown when you want to get your favorite sports gear. You can get NBA and WNBA over there, both of the sports that we talk here on this show. And make sure you guys go follow us on social media on that Twitter and Instagram at the underscore Lowdown. That's T-H-A underscore Lowdown on both Twitter and Instagram. And if you're not already, drop a follow over on Twitch and give us a, a, a subscription over on YouTube. It is free to follow and or subscribe to these platforms. We appreciate all your support, though, ladies and gentlemen. BJ will be back next week as we wrap up the last few episodes to close out Season 2 and uh, come out with a bang in the middle of August for Season 3. we got some interesting things that we're throwing into the mix, but yeah, once again, Mark, appreciate you uh, coming through, hanging out, talking some basketball with me, man. Uh, maybe we'll have you back on when BJ's here, and we can make you a guest. We'll make it more about Mark. We'll read all, we'll read all those stories that he writes all the doggone time. Cause you follow, <laughs> him, you you, follow him on Twitter, you'll see that great basketball content, brother. Oh, you're the best, man. I appreciate you having me on. I'd, I'd be happy to come back on anytime. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, dude. Um, and guys, once again, that's the end of this episode. And if you're not already, go follow Mark on Twitter as well. Plug him with that handle again, bro. Uh, find me on Twitter at MG underscore Schindler. Yes, sir. Go follow that man and follow us, like I said. But anyway, anyways, guys, we'll catch you guys next week. BJ's back. We'll be back and rocking. We'll see you next week.